Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle. Last class session we talked about Ace in the Hole and this class session we're going to talk about a film called Stalag 17. Stalag 17 is uh, a story of a group of allied POWs during World War II in a Nazi prison camp, Nazi prisoner of war camp of course, um, who learned that someone in the camp is spying on them and giving information to the Nazis. And everyone in the camp has one suspect in mind. Now, um, this film is based on a play that Billy saw that was actually written by two former POWs. And the play was good, apparently. Um, I've never seen the play. I've never read the play. I know nothing about the play aside from what little I know from the film. Billy shows this ability to be an adapter, you know, um, to adapt other people's stories for the screen and to give them this, this Billy Wilder touch that wasn't there before. Um, and so, you know, you have films like The Lost Weekend, like Double Indemnity, um, that are based on novels. Ace in the Hole is loosely inspired by an actual event that happened. Um, Billy was always pulling inspiration from a lot of different things that he encountered, from, from a lot of different mediums, from a lot of different stories. And this one happens to be based on a play. Now, adapting a play presents interesting challenges, some of which I believe we talked about, oh, geez, uh, back in the first semester of Hitchcock University, I want to say with Dial M for Murder. Because Hitch also adapted a number of plays, and I, I, I want to say that was touched on somewhere in that season. I want to say it was the Dial M for Murder episode. Anyway, we're going to get into some of the things Billy talks about with adapting this play. The first thing Billy talks about is, is the way in which he changed the lead character. He says, I think that I improved it, the play, 100%, if I, do say my, if I do say so myself. The whole character of Sefton, the idea of making him a braggart. People think, he, people think a liar and a phony. Then we find out slowly that he is really a hero. He's no hero. He's a black market dealer, a good character, and wonderfully played by Holden. That comes from conversations with Billy Wilder. And then in the documentary um, series, he says um, of the Holden character, uh, the documentary series, Billy, How Did You Do It? He says, Holden played an excellent villain. The liberating effect in that, the liberating effect, and that was the success of the film, was that he became a hero to the public. Now, again, I don't have the play to compare and contrast, but by picking up the pieces here, I think what Billy's saying is, the protagonist in the play was a lot more flat, not nearly as dimensional. But what he did in this film is he added this extra dimension to him where he's not a good person. As he says, he's no hero. He's a black market dealer. If you watch the film, um, Bill Holden's character is sketchy at best. Um, he's a gambler. Um, he knows how to get what he wants out of people. Um, nobody in the camp seems to trust him because they've all lost to him. And, and, and so he becomes public enemy, enemy number one in this prison camp. And everyone assumes that he's the one collaborating with the Nazis because he seems to have, he seems to have very loose morals and seems to not really care who he trades with just so long as he gets what he wants. 
and this actually became such a point of contention between Billy and the original screenwriters. See, one of the writers um, who plays the character, who actually plays the character Triz in the film, stopped speaking to Billy because he didn't like the changes that that Billy had made specifically to Bill Holden's character. He didn't like that he had made him so morally ambiguous. And Bill Holden was even uncomfortable. Um, and repeatedly asked Billy for just one single line in the script about how much his character hates the Nazis because he was afraid that he was going to come across as a collaborator and that he would not be a sympathetic character. But Billy consistently stood his ground and said, no, I'm not going to give you that line. Your character is this is this character, and, and we need that. As he says, um, the slow realization that he's a hero, this kind of liberating effect, he says that he becomes a hero to the audience, you know, and this is one of the, this is one of the ways that Billy adapts this story from the stage to the screen. And quite honestly, I know nothing about the play, but I know that the film is very effective and that the Bill and that the Bill Holden character is particularly effective. There's one other thing and probably a much bigger point here about this adaptation. Billy feels that opening up a play can really hurt it. Um, now let's talk about that concept of opening of opening up a play. We've discussed it in, again, I think the Dial in for Murder episode um, from the first from the first uh, semester. But the idea is the play is restricted to what can be held on the stage at any one point in time. And so the stage has these very physical confinements, but the issue is that on film, you don't have those confinements and you can go anywhere you want. And so to open up a play would be to, to, to maybe add a scene that wasn't there because it couldn't have been, or it wouldn't have had no place or it wasn't practical to do in the, in the play, you know, take them to a new location. Um, you know, I mean, even just driving a car, in a play is is difficult and can be hokey if you do it wrong and is usually not not done right so to to open up a play in that sense or to take to take a scene that was written for a specific place and then put it um put it in a different place in fact actually um billy talks about that here let me see if i can find this um Billy says in the book, Billy Wilder interviews, in the interview broadcast to Kuala Lumpur, he says, um, they take a great play and say, now we're going to open it up. They have a very good scene in a, in a living room that is played 600 times on Broadway. But for the picture, they take the people out, of, out and put them on the roof garden. Then they take them downstairs, then into the drugstore, and it's still the same scene. That's opening it up. And Billy felt that if you open up a play for the screen, you can really hurt it. You know, you have this scene that's written for the living room, and especially if you don't change the dialogue, you know, um, or or don't really change the actions, then all of a sudden things feel out of place, things don't feel grounded the way that they used to be, whatever. You know, it's... Especially if you have something that's tried and true, that the storytelling just works. Like he says, that is played 600 times on Broadway. Why bother opening it up? And, he, and Billy felt, especially for a film like this, where, where much of the film is about that confinement of the prison camp. And that's so important to the story that you have to keep the audience confined to the camp 
there. They have to be there right with the prisoners and they have to feel that same confinement. So especially for a film like this, Billy really, really did not want to open up this play. And he doesn't really, I think the only opening up he does is he puts, is I think he adds a couple of scenes or changes this up a couple of scenes to instead of in the barracks, they're out in the courtyard of the camp, but we're still in the camp. And I think, it's possible those scenes were added, not changed. I don't, I don't know for sure. Like I said, I don't really know uh, the stage play that well. Um, in the uh, documentary series, Billy, How Did You Do It? He also says, people always say that it is difficult to tell a story on stage. In film, a director can put the cameras anywhere. It calls for decisions. Where do you put the cameras? The choice can lead to catastrophe. Do I film it like Eisenstein or from above, like Busby, like Busby Berkeley? You can do anything you want, so that makes it more difficult. Now, this is actually an idea that I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about and I think is very true. Limitations force you to be more creative. If, you, if, if, if not everything is possible, then that actually forces you to think outside the box. If you are restricted to a box, you are more likely to push yourself to think outside that box in a way that still serves what's in the box. So, and, and I think Billy here agrees with me. He says, people always say that it is, that it is difficult to tell a story on stage. People think that because you're limited to just what the stage can do, it's hard to tell a story that way. But what he says is in a film, you can put the cameras anywhere. And that calls for decisions. Where do you put the cameras? The choice can lead to a to catastrophe, he says. You can do anything you want, so that makes it more difficult. This idea that that now everything is a choice. There are infinite um, varieties on a scene. There really are. Uh, you can put the camera anywhere. Literally anywhere. And I know we could dissect, you know, okay, if I move it a 32nd of an inch this way, is that really different? Probably not, but it's still different. You know, um, do the actors play the scene one way or over another way? Do the, um, maybe we change this line, this, this line here, um, from, uh, or, or just this word, maybe it goes from instead of it should be in spite of or you know there's there's so many variations that you can do on anything for a film you are unlimited in your options and as he says it calls for decisions and that's the hardest thing about adapting from the stage to the screen there are decisions that are made on the stage because that's what the medium limits you to but in film where you are far less limited, where not just, <laughs> not just where do you put the camera, but then the cutting afterward, it, 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 you can do it a number of ways. And the reason he says the choice can lead to catastrophe is because there's a lot of people who, who ascribe to this idea that there's only one right place for the camera because you're telling a story. And so you need to find the place where the camera tells the story the best. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't 100% subscribe to that theory that there's only one right place for the camera. I think that there are better and worse places for the camera, but you need to be consistently on the better side of that. And so you have to now, I mean, this is why people 
liken filmmaking to painting. This idea that that instead of painting with a paintbrush and, and, and paints, you're painting with the camera. You're deciding what it is the audience should look at, what they see and what they don't see. And sometimes what they don't see is more important than what they do see. You know, so it becomes becomes incredibly crucial and and you have to rack your brain sometimes where is the best place for this camera where 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 is it going to do the most good for what it is for the point of the story that i'm trying to tell you know and that's the hardest thing is is even though you may not open up the play you are now opened up to ideas and ways of telling the story that weren't that weren't available to you from the stage and so in many ways it is far more difficult to shoot a film than it is to do it on the stage, even though on the stage you're doing it live, so you can't mess up, and everything has to work in perfect synch- you know, synchronization with everything, and and um, and you have to find ways to to direct the viewer's eyes because they can look at everything, you know. And there's all these things on the stage that you have to think about, but there's a number of other things that you have to do for film, so. The good thing is Billy Wilder made a lot of those decisions correctly because this film was wildly popular and soon Billy was at, was he was back at Apex Mountain. He was he was on top of his game again. The film actually made so much money it even paid for the bomb that was Ace in the Hole, the flop that Ace in the Hole was. So so that all turned out for him really well. Um, that's all we have for this class session. The next class session, we'll talk about Sabrina and then the seven year itch and then the spirit of St. Louis, um, which I'm very excited about all three of those. I think we have a lot of good, a lot of good content to cover and a lot of things we can learn from Billy on all of those. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening to Hitchcock university where you learn filmmaking from the masters. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions, just want to talk about film, um, you can, uh, uh, you can email us, uh, Hitchcock university at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook. There's a Hitchcock university Facebook page. And then, um, and of course there's a Twitter account as well. Uh, Hitchcock underscore you, the letter U as in university. Um, but that's all we have for this class session. Thank you again so much for listening to Hitchcock university. I have been Taylor Bickle and we will talk to you again in two weeks.